My name's Joanne Averson, and you are so welcome to Series 3 of my podcast. Enjoy. This week's podcast is coming to you from South Carolina. I'm outside on a balcony overlooking a salt marsh. You can probably hear some traffic going by. Not much of it. And I'm just watching sunlight on water. Shimmering. I remember as a child I always thought that sunlight or moonlight on water were like the pearls and the diamonds of the real world. Not the ones people fight over. The ones that we rely upon for our lifeblood. And I'm sharing this with you because I wanted you to experience a little bit of the silence. I know it's interrupted by cars every now and again. And hopefully you'll hear some of the birds from the salt marsh. Every now and then a heron or an egret or little tree birds dance around and you can hear them. And it's the most extraordinary place. You know, when you travel a lot, you see all kinds of different places and they have different feels and different moods. But this is one that just has a stillness about it and a wildness about it that's really quite exceptional. And it's been a complete privilege for me to stay here for a few days. Because I have to share with you, travelling internationally now is chaos at best. The rules and regulations in each airport are different. The rules and regulations of the security lines between two security officers are different. I had one line in which everybody was required, as usual, to take all their water-based products out of their bag, where they'd all been prepared in polythene bags. And the line next to it that I was in didn't require any such thing. Really? Anyhow, all of that brings me to the subject of this week's podcast, because I've been talking about it a lot. And it's really about finding neutral. Because I promise you, it's a skill you need to travel in 2022 and beyond. If you have an agenda and a timetable, chances are (laughs) you could get upset. Everything is in this kind of high-frequency flux. And riding with the changes, it's not even about the changes. It's about somehow being able to surf the chaos in neutral. And it's an inner state. 
And I don't necessarily know how you do it, but what I can tell you is that unless you can, you're in for some pretty tricky times. I flew out from Heathrow and our flight was delayed by two and a half hours, which meant pretty much everybody on the flight had missed their connections. And you could pick, just by standing there, you could pick who had connections at the other end and who didn't care. And then within the category of who had connections, (laughs) there were these, I have to call them ranters. There was one man at the airport who just ranted. He ranted at the airport. He ranted in the queue to get onto the plane. He ranted on the plane. And then when we arrived to make the connections that it was too late in the evening to connect, the airline put us all up in a hotel. He was still ranting. And it didn't make any difference. That was the thing. It didn't make any difference. It just made the experience unpleasant for everyone around him. And I was very lucky. I was sat next to somebody who was the archetypal Pollyanna. And she was the little bright light. She'd just come from Luxor in Egypt. So this was her second flight of the day. She'd missed the third connecting one. But we just played Pollyanna. And I don't know if there's anything in it. It wasn't like a false sense of joy. We were just looking for what we could be grateful for. And definitely we were grateful that the airline took the responsibility upon themselves to put us in a hotel. And give us meal tickets, if you could call it food that we were given, but that's another discussion. And we, at the airport, we had to wait for the shuttle bus to take us to this hotel. And it was very complicated. And there were just hundreds and hundreds of people at this airport. And it was complete and utter chaos. There were no organized lanes like there are at other airports. There was no shuttle buses over there and drop off and pick up customers over there. None of that level of organization. It was four lanes of mayhem at this airport. It's potluck and a following wind. And we stood there and eventually, and I was running out of energy, I have to say, And she was, come on, dear, it's all right. It'll all be fine. And her little bright voice really lifted my spirits. And the shuttle bus came up and it was already full. And the guy got out and the ranter was next to us by this time, making even more noise. And we tried being friendly and we tried saying, well, at least they're putting us up in a hotel. But it didn't have any effect on him whatsoever. He was committed to his anger and making sure we all knew about it. So we just gently turned our backs on him and pushed our trolleys a little bit further along and waited. And the shuttle bus arrived and the guy got out and he said, it's full. 
the shuttle bus is full. You're going to have to wait for me to come back. I will be back. And we looked at each other and he looked at us and he just leaned forward and said, are you waiting for this shuttle bus? And we said, yes. And he said, I've got room for two. And he picked up our bags and invited us on. And we just got on this shuttle bus and looked at each other and said, how did that happen? Because it was full, but he squeezed everybody up and made room for us. Was it because we were smiling? Was it because Beth, her lovely name was Beth, was just Pollyanna incarnate? I don't know. It was just, oh, even in this chaos, that light sparkling, like the light I'm seeing at the moment, shimmering on the salt marsh, made a difference. It must have changed the atmosphere over our heads, or it, I don't know what it was, but he, he kind of came and found us. And it's not like, oh, behave like Pollyanna and plug into a charmed existence. I don't mean that. There was something so profoundly valuable about being with someone committed to looking on the bright side. Because we were all in the same situation. And when we got to the hotel, there was another lady who was absolutely petrified of her own shadow, didn't know where she was going or what she was doing, and kept saying, I don't know what to do. And we just said, can we help? And she just came and sat with us at this thing they called dinner, which was a polystyrene cup of something. I didn't recognise, I have to be honest. And we just worked out between us what we could all do to help. And just, it wasn't about helping, it wasn't about sacrificing. It was about making a difference to somebody else who was just worried and frightened. Because we weren't. Beth was something of an intrepid explorer. I was praying a lot. <laughs> tired and conscious that I didn't have lots of energy and just kept saying thank you to whoever sent Beth to me and the other lady was so grateful and the three of us giggled together about how difficult it is to travel and we all went to bed in our hotel got up really early the next morning and made our connections. And all I'm really sharing, as I listen to another car go by and watch the salt mass shimmer and the cormorants dive, is that it felt deep inside me like I had a choice of whether I got angry and upset and frightened or whether I found neutral because there were moments when playing the glad game as Pollyanna used to do if you know that story she just played the glad game what is there to be glad about it eluded even me and my optimism 
every now and again because I thought, am I actually going to get on this shuttle bus? Am I actually going to sleep somewhere tonight that isn't an airport? But it was like the intention to stay calm and even enjoy myself was bigger than me. And Beth was pretty determined to enjoy herself. And we giggled over what she ordered because it really was unrecognisable as food. I can't even tell you. It, it, it didn't look like paper either. It was extraordinary. And it was free, so we couldn't do anything about that. But he did insist that we all had lots of bottled water to take back to our rooms because the hotel had a water machine and he wanted to save us from using it. Which was very kind in the midst of all that chaos. And it made the journey so much easier. And I really sat and thought about it when I was in the hotel room. How easy it is for us to book something you know, book a flight, book a timetable, book a schedule, and then live out of a sense of entitlement that everything has to go smoothly, or we can't even be even-tempered. Do you know what I mean? And I have to say, every single person, every steward on the plane, every person that was in the airport, could not have gone to more lengths and trouble to help me when I needed it. And I want to say thank you to everybody, because even though I don't know you personally, I just appreciate the kindness. And I realize that that kindness is a function of something very different to entitlement. It's something about acceptance and a sort of neutral. Neutral in the sense that it's neither good nor bad, it just is the way that it is. And if you can find that place, I think you can bring your own heart rate down. And I certainly kept mine, although stressed, because of the consequences of my delay. It kept me on an even keel and it meant that when opportunity did arise like the driver of the shuttle bus saying are you two going to this hotel come on I've got room for you we were paying attention we weren't rolling our eyes to the sky and shouting and screaming and ranting with our backs to everybody making a lot of noise we were just present and still, and looking to see what would happen next. We had a plan B. If that hadn't worked, we were going to go and get a cab from somewhere. But it wasn't as simple as that sounds. You must be hearing these cars, and I'm inviting you to listen to what's not that sound. It's the sound of sunshine. 
It's the sound of hundreds of ancient oak trees. Not even moving because there's no breeze. And it's my birthday today. And being the 29th of November means it's usually a wintry day. So there's something really quite extraordinary about sitting on a balcony looking out over a salt marsh. And if I listen really carefully, I can hear fish and birds diving. Hmm. It's utterly beautiful. And occasionally, it's interrupted by some very weird boat motor or aeroplane motor. But otherwise, all I seem to be able to see is the old monarch butterfly that stands out so bright orange against the dark bulrushes of the salt marsh. I think they're bulrushes. They look like it. And the birds. And that silence, the silence that's the background against which you can hear the cars and the motors and the interference, the dissonance against the resonance of the water. That's the kind of always already neutral that's behind the sounds. And that's the place I had to find while I was travelling. Regardless of the upset and the drama, and regardless of who was ranting and raving and how complicated it all looked, and regardless of whether my flight was happening or not happening, and I've done six flights since then, and I've done six flights since then, and they haven't all been on time and they haven't all connected when they were supposed to. But they've all got me where I'm supposed to be in the end. I had to find this neutral. I had to find this neutral almost as a function of my imagination. Which is why I'm drinking it in now and sharing it with you. because I want to bottle it. And once I've bottled it, I'm going to give it away to every single one of you who's listening to this podcast to see if you could just settle into your sitting bones or your feet, wherever you are right now. 
and find neutral. This is not very exciting. There's nothing happening there. Really nothing. And everything just is the way that it is. Regardless of how beautiful the view, or how disturbing the sounds, or how sweet the sounds, it's just isness. And of course, it reminds me of my yoga practice. The Surat Shabda Yoga that I do every day. Almost every day. Some days I do. It's often includes chanting and the beautiful, beautiful silence before the sound is uttered and against which you can hear it internally. So this is my birthday present to you. A bottle, however big you need, because this is the magical realm where you can imagine a bottle the size of the one that you need at the time. Full of neutral. Full of this beautiful, rich silence. It's going to be interrupted again, but that just means you can hear it better. And there's an almost cloudless sky to go with it here. It's like being inside a painting. A moment in nature where she's just being herself. Which is always true, I suppose. So I wish you neutral. I wish you an easy place upon which you can see so many things in your life as blessings. Blessings of light shimmering on water. Whether it's a smile from a stranger or a kind person at an airport. Or the clothes on your back or the fact that you can sit or stand or walk. Or choose to change your flights. You have that choice. Whatever the blessing is for you, I wish you the blessing of neutral as a peaceful place whenever you remember and somewhere that you can return to like a comfy chair any time of day or night to restore and if there is any such thing as resonance and me somehow capturing the essence of this utter beauty and stillness and I can get just the right sound wave to send some of it to you so that you can feel it And close your eyes for a moment if it's safe to do so. And 
breathe it, and somehow hear it behind me. If I can do that, if that's even possible, then we can all say thank you for the blessing of this. It's been given to me as a gift, a gift of time and stillness for a few days. Most unexpected. Kind of rescued me from a very strange set of circumstances that I just didn't seem to be able to make a difference with. It seemed that there was some sort of higher order that I should have this beautiful quiet time and I just wanted to share some of it with you. Wishing you happy neutral and many blessings. Take care and stay safe.